The Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast features people from the real estate community sharing real stories about their struggles, pains, and even losses during their own real estate journey. We share these real experiences so you can learn from them and build a successful journey of your own. Now, here's your host, Cody Lewis, one of the managing partners at Vindu Capital, located in Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited to have you all back, but I'm even more excited for our guest today. She is one of the managing partners at Two Savvy Sisters, Miss Doris Ng. Doris, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Very well. Good. Good to have you. I, I really appreciate it. We've had a fantastic conversation, folks, leading up to it. One of these days, we're going to hit record on some of those, but not now. Uh, Doris, so excited to have you. For those that are maybe seeing your face, hearing your voice uh, for the first time, hopefully not, but if they are, Tell us a little bit about your origin story, where you're from, how you got into real estate, and what you guys are doing now. Well, thanks for having us, Cody. Um, it's a pleasure to chat with you prior to the, um, the show here. And uh, little did I know, we have a lot more in common than I thought. So <laughs> that's Yeah, great. absolutely. So for me, I'm an East Coaster as well. I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, and moved out to the Midwest, uh, probably around high school. Family moved out there. And then uh, since then, I've basically just kind of planted my roots out here in the Midwest. So I moved from New York to Wisconsin, went to school out there, started a business and done really well on that side and um, got out of the business or the active business side uh, about three years ago and transitioned into real estate full-time since then. Um, Prior to that, I was always investing lightly in real estate, your traditional single family homes, buying one or one to two a year and just kind of letting it ride saving that 25% down, paying down principal. Um, my underwriting on, on all those properties, I, I didn't even know how to underwrite. So everything was full price, barely made any cash flow. Um, and all it did was just uh, pay down principal. So essentially, it was a high yield savings account, if you want to think of it that way. And I thought that was the way to go for real estate. And uh, fast forward, after I got out of the business, um, I ran a restaurant for a very long time. And um, we've done really well in that business too. So I got done with that and realized that real estate, not only can you achieve equity as far as paying down principal on it, you could also make money off cash flow. And I found that out just about three years ago. We got really interested in the multifamily space because of the scalability of it. And then also uh, the ability to actually... um, bring in partners and using OPM, other people's money to jump on in. Many of you probably know too, that when you're buying a single family home, usually the bank asks you 40 questions. Where's the money coming from? Is it a, is it a gift from somebody? How did you come up with it? I need to see a track record of so many years that you have the money sitting in it. So it's very difficult to go ahead and, you know, save it and, and do that, uh, the whole thing for it. So if you transition onto commercial, which is usually five units or more, it's a different story because the bank just needs to know, do you have the money down? Yes or no. And if you say yes, we'll proceed because they're running essentially off the numbers on the property more so than the uh, person basically guaranteeing the the note. We got into that and um, we joined in as some limited partners into what we call syndication, which is basically pooling people's money together and buying a large asset. So we were one of the um, uh, limited partners, meaning we are very passive, true mailbox money, we deploy a little bit of capital in it, and then we get distributions, and um, which worked out really well. So um, really got interested into that area and then decided that we want to be active partners in it. And since then, we grew our portfolio to about 450 units across 60. 
how we did it is a lot of leverage between um, some trusted partners and also uh, investors that really believe in us and believe in the, the real estate game. And now here we are. Uh, as far as uh, states that we invest in, we're very heavy in the Southeast uh, with Alabama, North Carolina, Florida, Arkansas, and then my backyard, Wisconsin, and also the Minnesota market. Um, really random states, but at the same time, they all make sense for the different reasons that we have it for. As far as unsuccessful stories, and this is the very first time I've actually been on the podcast and talked about that, which thank you again, Cody, for even addressing this because everybody thinks it's unicorn and butterflies when you get into real estate. Mm -hmm. And as much as in the end result that it is, you have to really go through that whole hurdle of beefing it up and understanding the real estate, what it could do to you uh, detrimentally. And also in the end, how rewarding it can be. Uh, We do have a few. And the one thing I'll probably highlight more about is the, um, the financing piece. A lot of people get really nervous about I was going to jump into, uh, let's say, a 20 or 30 unit. I don't have the money for it. In reality, I don't either. We did have a property out in Arkansas. It was the very first time jumping into that market. And um, it was a smaller property, a 20 unit. So we thought we could probably start small and do well in it. We did get a bank loan. We we went to a local bank and they pre-approved us. Everything was going beautifully and um, up until the day before the close. So uh, 24 hours before the close, the bank decides to reach out to us and tell us, we're not lending to you anymore, just so you know. Oh, so, yeah, that would, that would be a problem. Yeah, that would. And uh, so all the money is wired into the title company. We were just about to just skip over to the title company and just sign our John Hancock. And we realized that there is no more funds. Two things what we learned out of this whole thing, um, but we'll kind of highlight that later. So immediately my partners and I panicked like anybody else would. Oh, shoot. What are we going to tell uh, the investors that jumped into this? You know, um, now they won't believe us that we actually had a property under contract. What's going to happen to that? And, you know, uh, what about the seller? Now our money went hard. Uh, how do we get, we track the money back out? And so there's just a lot of things going through our head. Um, and luckily we, um, after a while of just kind of crying and pitying and self-pity and all that, we kind of got on our feet and, and figured out um, the things that really did work out for us that allowed us to kind of carry through this was we worked with a broker as opposed to just directly to the bank. And um, some people may argue differently. And the reason why I say you might work with a broker, at least in a brand new market that you're not familiar with, or maybe if you're brand new into multifamily, you do want to work with a broker because he or she can understand what each bank is looking for. Well, this bank that denied us what we didn't know that their program to, I guess, lend stopped off at multifamily. We were supposedly one of their last clients that they were going to lend for multifamily. They liked the single family house space. They were a smaller credit union, um, but we didn't know that. So of course, our broker, mortgage broker went up to them and um, asked what happened. They were not very clear on it. So which really got us upset on this whole thing because now we're wondering for bank number two, is it going to be the same problem? They were well aware that we're out-of-state investors, completely understanding that we are uh, jumping into a property that needs some heavy value add and all that. So they were nervous on many different levels. Anyway, the um, mortgage broker, he was able to go ahead and get us financing with another bank in two weeks. Uh, We were able to get that undergoing. Um, The beauty about what happened to us on this particular deal is it was direct to seller. So our partner was the one who's been talking to the seller. Thankfully, he built that relationship with him because the seller 
of course, he got upset. He's out-of-state investor himself, and he needed the money to go ahead and invest in another property in California. He understood that you know it could happen, but he was just more bothered that why didn't you guys find it out sooner, which we didn't know either. So we got the seller to extend for another month, and we were able to close in two and a half weeks. The point of this whole thing is um, you never wanted to let it die because the financing didn't go through. We're just going to null the deal and then call it a day. Had we done that, we probably won't have an asset that is nearly twice the value of what we bought it for. That's one thing that we learned. The second thing we learned is relationship is key because this broker fought for us. Now, moving forward to a lot of the deals that we're in doing in Arkansas, we have another 99 under contract over there. We had another strip mall that we were looking at and it was all because the broker told the bank, listen, these guys, they can perform, they will close. I know they're out of state, but they do have a sizable amount of network and network to go ahead and get it done. So because of him, we're able to kind of go into a lot of different deals, not really needing a proof of funds per se, because he was actually our proof of funds. So um, that's one thing that we learned uh, as well. The second thing is um, building relationship with lenders. Uh, Huge, huge, huge. We also learned that um, local banks are our favorite, but if you're new to the area, they need to understand, you know, do you, if you don't live here, how are you supporting the community? What, what are you doing to the property or the community that's going to give back? Being a part of it with the bank is a huge deal because now the bank that we, that lent us the money, we actually um, had, we were down in Arkansas two weeks ago, had the uh, lunch with him. And now he's also a big marathon fiend and I'm a a runner. So he's already inviting me to the March Little Rock marathon. And so you you build that, you know, sense of um, more relationship now. And we're more like, I wouldn't say friends or BFFs or any by any means, but now he knows that I'm an actual live person. I care about the community. I care about my property that I'm actually working on and we're looking to drive improvement to the area. So um, that's a huge thing that what they're looking for at the end of the day. So that worked out. And um, I love to say that I love the Arkansas market now. Um, It's been on on our radar forever. And uh, the fact that we're able to grow from 20 up to potentially even upwards of 200 units in about another year, we have a hundred unit under contract right now. So we'll have about 120 units in that area which we have no, um, uh, no desire to slow down because we have some really active partners down there that really are, are just scoping out deals left and right. So if you're interested in the Arkansas market, Northeast Arkansas specifically and Central, um, that's where we invest out there. So we're heavily in, in that market. Yeah, uh, as far as lending, like I said, it's huge because they make or break your, your deals. And with the interest rates going up like this, I think we have to really understand that it does play a huge role when it comes to the refinance process and, and all those, but also realize that no banks are ever created equal. And um, if you are a great client of theirs, they will move mountains to go ahead and get you that deal closed. In fact, I did have one deal that the lender was so confident in us and the deal that he was willing to give us three years of no payments. And it was a very sizable deal, like upwards of 10 million. They will make it work. They will fight for you. So make sure to go ahead and, and build that relationship because it's super important for that. So. One, of, one of the main running themes we keep hearing on the show is, yeah. is the importance of relationships. And, and I'll echo, like I'm a big advocate of brokers, especially as you were saying in new markets. If you're new to the area, the fastest way to help get in and know who the right people to go and see are, the right banks, the right whoever, insurance brokers, 
meet a broker that's going to help mm-hmm. not only find your property, but in your example, and I think a lot of others will fight for you. They, mm-hmm. they want to do a deal. They want you to do a deal. And if you can build that trusted relationship with them, they're going to help you along the way. And, and it's so vital that you start this process early. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people and, and what that reoccurring thing, the ones that are really successful like y'all build these really strong foundational relationships, but they do it early because they know the benefit is going to pay off in the end. I hope people are yeah. listening to what you're saying. Cause that story is vital. The, the, I mean, I can't imagine what y'all were thinking when the road got pulled out yeah. from under y'all the day before closing. Mm-hmm. And we were not, we were going blindsided. We didn't even know um, that this was happening. So, you know, it's a lesson learned. The other thing, which is really uh, cute and funny is the, the broker that we work with. He's also part owner of a bank. I'm like, why didn't you guys, why didn't you tell me this? You know, he's like, well, you know, I don't want to use that, but if we have to, I'll make sure you guys close. So um, you, you good, learn a good lot to know now. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, you learn a lot about your broker then. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's huge for that. And then as a matter of fact, you also brought us an off market deal as well. Uh, we're into warehouses too, so we're we're looking into uh, mini storage units and warehouses as our um, little addition to the multifamily that we're investing in. So he brought us one that is a, a pretty uh, decent one to look at off market, direct to seller. Um, that's his client. So he'll probably get um, some sort of uh, commission on it. But regardless, the fact that it didn't get passed down or shopped around to other people, that's where the competitiveness stops. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you can get one of those deals where it doesn't hit the open market, I mean, you're going to save mm-hmm. a ton of money, but then also you're probably going to save a ton of time because you don't have to do the dance of submitting an LOI, going through, waiting for them right. to look through all of them, get to best and yeah. final, do that dance. Mm-hmm. you're just talking directly through your broker to, yeah. to the seller. And, and it's, you have an advocate on your behalf because they know that you can perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of times the seller wants to know that they don't want their hard work and equity they built in this property. They want, they want the returns, but they don't want to see it flush down the drain of all the hard work right. they've done with what they built mm-hmm. over time. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, Doris, I think that's an incredibly valuable lesson. I think that's probably as good enough ever to wrap up right there. Mm-hmm. I, I can't thank you enough for coming on and being honest and open with our audience. I know a lot of times it's a little hard because we don't always talk about this, right? It's not what we yeah. post on LinkedIn and, and Facebook and Instagram. It's, but it's what really happens and what you go mm-hmm. through. And I think uh, being able to come on and be open and honest like that just shows, uh, you know, how valuable you are for your for your investors. Um, mm-hmm that you're real and real things happen, but you know how to mitigate those risks and get through them on the other end. So I, I yeah. really thank you for coming on board. Yeah. And I'm sure my investors are listening right now. And the funny thing is we didn't tell them until after the deal closed and they're like, what, <laughs> what, why, what happened? You know, it's like, we're just going to be crying together. So I might as well just kind of find all resources first. And if we can, mm-hmm. then of course we'll return your money, but you know, we're trying every single ounce of possibility that we could go ahead and do. So um, they're happy now, you know, it's, it's, right. it's laughable now, but you know, back then, like six, seven months ago, it wasn't as funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. It's funny later, not in the moment. Yeah. Always right. the case. yeah. Well, yeah. Doris, for awesome. those that want to work with you, that they want to connect with you, they want to invest with you. They want to learn from you. Where's the best place folks can find you at? Uh, they certainly can email me Doris at two savvy sisters.com. And it's the number two savvy sisters. And uh, obviously my sister is my partner in it. 
And um, yeah, they can email is probably the best way to get a hold of us because we're, you know, obviously in the thick of things. We're very active um, partners in all our properties. So we are, you know, out there grinding it every day. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, I love it. We'll drop that email in the show notes for people to quickly access it. Again, awesome. Doris, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks, Cody. Absolutely. And thanks everyone for listening at home. We'll catch y'all next time. You've been listening to the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast with Cody Lewis. Be sure to subscribe today on your favorite podcasting platform so you can catch every episode of the Real Estate Unsuccess Stories podcast.